This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock this morning. It's been another extraordinary week in Ireland and around the world as we all grapple with the crisis caused by the global COVID-19 pandemic. This morning, I'm coming to you live from an eerily quiet Kilkenny city centre, one week into the COVID-19 restrictions that see all but essential business closed on the streets, but business goes on uh, behind the scenes. Thanks to John Walsh for the last two hours. I love the music and love his Trump impression. John is in, in place of Martin Bridgman over the next few weeks, and we look forward to having him back in due course. As I've said, normal life has effectively come to an end for the foreseeable future. Uh, But this programme keeps going, and we hope and we'll be doing our best to bring you stories of business uh, and how business goes on, the issues we face and what people are doing to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic. Between now and 10 o'clock with the tourism and hospitality sector almost in complete and utter 100% lockdown, we'll be talking to Paul Keeley of Falch Ireland about the last few weeks, what tourism and hospitality businesses need to do to survive, and what can be salvaged, if anything, for the 2020 tourist season and beyond. We'll also be talking to Lorraine Bowen of the Entrepreneurs Academy about how her her organisation is working with business leaders to pivot in their business operations, how they can prioritise and focus for survival, and in times of remote working, how they can lead and connect with both their teams and with clients. We'll also be talking to Nikki Hoyne of My Shining Armour and Mag Kerwin of Goatsbridge and Brian O'Farrell of Carlo Chamber will be telling us about the services Chambers are offering to their members. All that between now and 10 o'clock. But first, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Malloy, former group business editor for INM and uh, indeed Bloomberg Ireland correspondent for some years, now working in Trinity College. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, John. How are you? Very well, thank you. What an extraordinary week it's been since we spoke last week, just after the uh, lockdown was first announced. Yeah, there was a kind of a feeling of novelty, Tom, I felt. Um, you know, we were facing into things. Um, the, the reality is beginning to, to sink in, but business goes on, and a lot of companies are responding, you know, with imagination and with flexibility. They are. It's been, it's been really <clears throat> quite, quite inspiring to see how many Irish companies are, uh, are kind of stepping up. I mean, one, one that really impressed me has been Pennies, actually. Uh, they've created a big fund to, to pay the salaries of workers in developing countries who produce clothes that, that people would no longer be buying and that won't be shipped to Ireland and to other places. I think that's a, a really good example of kind of social responsibility. Although closer to home, there have also been a lot of uh, uh, interesting changes, just as I suppose many people listening are getting used to FaceTime and Zoom and, and, and Teams and so on. It seems some people are prepared to buy their cars and homes online without without seeing them. Wilson cars you know the big car yeah, yeah. car company that's been around for ages they they created an online platform in 2018 and, uh, and now apparently they're, they're happily selling cars to people who just look at them online and then and then do the financing online and then 
car is can be delivered contactlessly and and in a totally clean kind of environment even more yeah, so, puzzling yeah, for sorry, a, Tom? Di- yeah for a dinosaur like me who, who actually likes to see things uh, Savills is apparently uh, producing um uh, 3D tours of houses in Dublin and allowing people to ask questions you know through messaging and then and then buy them through electronic electronic payments and electronic contracts it's quite extraordinary it's hard to uh, hard to understand how uh, somebody can buy a house without actually seeing it but uh, we're all learning in these amazing times what to uh, that life is different to how we expected. Yeah, indeed, Tom. And um, a, a company in Thomastown just came to my uh, attention last night, surfbox.ie, um, run by Tom Murray and Declan Lennon, mm. a, a local company. company. You're probably familiar with them about their mm. internet kiosks and printing solutions. They've actually uh, partnered up with the library services in Kilkenny, Kildare, and South Dublin, believe it or not, and they're printing up to 100 um, face shields a day for use in hospitals, surgeries, and care homes. That's, that's a fantastic example, isn't it, of a company that's always been very innovative and knows how to duck and dive with the times. Yeah, and they're doing 3D printers. And, of course, into sports in Castlecomer involved in doing surgical gowns and scrubs and so on for the health services. But, Tom, maybe we might um, chat a bit about uh, the broader thing. When, when we spoke last week, I think we mentioned um, a sum committed by the Irish government of about €3 billion uh, Euros towards measures. Later in this week, I've heard figures of around, like, maybe €30 billion it's now escalated to. Um, this is going to be really expensive, and without being churlish, um, thoughts are turning to how this is going to be paid and what the long-term costs will be. Yeah, there was a lot of talk uh, two weeks ago, one week ago, about a V-shaped recession, and and you know that, that within the country, in fact, that the central bank said that it didn't think there would be a V-shaped recession. In other words, a quick recession, a, a bounce where the economy would freeze until until the end of the second first half of the year and then and then recover very quickly in the second half so the central bank doesn't think that that's a scenario anymore whereas government is sticking to for the moment anyway is sticking to the, the idea that there will be this kind of short sharp shock i i think uh, and you see it in a lot of the commentary from from economists abroad especially that the only honest thing to say is this all depends on on the trajectory of the virus and we have no idea uh, economists certainly don't understand the virus, but most of us don't understand the virus. We don't know how long this is going to last as a health emergency, so it's impossible to say how long it's going to last as an economic emergency. And if we don't know that, uh, any attempt to kind of guess the eventual cost is is kind of nonsense, really. One's just kind of putting a finger in the wind. And it's yeah, and that, that is very, very troubling when one, one has no idea what something's going to cost, because... We, we should make no mistake, eventually we will reach a point where uh, we just can't bear those costs anymore. And, uh, you know, there must be people in the Department of Finance and, and financial organizations around the world who are beginning to think, you know, when will we reach that point? When is it that we cannot, as a society, bear these costs any longer? Yeah, and, and the costs are, are eye-watering, really. It'll have huge, you know, it, it's kind of... Uh, glibly being stated that this is going to change our lives but it has huge implications for the economy and the way we live our lives maybe even our, our people's liver, liberty and you know freedom of movement and all of those things that we take for granted yeah that's certainly uh, been one of the most surprising 
aspects of all of this, hasn't it? That that um, there's been hardly a squeak out of out of anyone in, in in any country, even in in America, where where people really do cherish their liberty to to degrees that, that we we don't here in terms of owning guns and so on. Uh, it, there's been a general acceptance that this is fine. I wonder how long again that will that will go on for. Uh, it doesn't seem to be any sign at this stage of of that breaking down. But again, it can't it can't last indefinitely. Um, I do find myself wondering sometimes whether um, you know Sweden, which is the outlier in all of this, whether we may eventually head towards some kind of towards kind of Swedish model, as we do in so many other areas of our lives, where um, some people are kept in isolation and cocooned, but but other people aren't. For instance, in Sweden, secondary school children don't go to school, but primary school children do go to school because the reality is that, that with most primary school children are not are not affected by this virus. It's just the rest of us who are. Yeah, so there's been a bit of a tendency for, for many in Irish society to be kind of self-satisfied with our, our response and kind of, you know, chuckle maybe, well, chuckle is the wrong word, but look askance at the US and the UK. Um, uh, uh, I think that you're saying that like we need to think, avoid group think. Is that what you're saying? Well, it is actually, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's you know, if, if, you, if we cast our minds back to the last crisis and the various reports that were written after, after the crisis by you know, regulators from all kinds of countries, that the one thing that came out really clearly was that uh, Irish society is very prone to, to groupthink. Uh, you know, there, there was almost no discussion about the bank bailout that turned out to be catastrophic in many ways. At least parts of the bank bailout were catastrophic, the bailout of Anglo-Irish. And I, I, I do think that we, we probably need to discuss our options more openly and, and find a way as a society to discuss those without without people becoming uh, incredibly negative about it. Um, you know, we, we, we're, we're mocking the British, we're mocking the Americans, we're mocking many other countries uh, quite openly and you know, in, the, in, in the media and elsewhere for their responses as if we had a, a monopoly on, on the truth here. You know, the truth is every country in, in the world is dealing with this differently. And I, I think it would be wise to, to look at other countries, but I think it would be wise to to look at them with a, a kind of a cynical and a jaundiced eye. It's, it's a mystery to me that so many people are uh, citing the figures from China as if they were gospel. I mean, we all know that the regime in China is a, is a fairly unpleasant regime and, and a regime that's not given to telling the truth. In fact, Bloomberg's uh, main story on Thursday all day was that uh, the CIA believes that uh, the Chinese government have made up their figures and are, are lying through their teeth about the recovery rates. Now, of course, there are good reasons not to believe the CIA either. But, but you know, it is there are good reasons not to believe that the recovery in China has been as complete as as one might think, or as we're being told. And it seems strange to me that we're basing our entire strategy on on what's happening in China. People are saying continuously, "Oh well, you know, Wuhan is now." coronavirus-free, well, I wonder, is it? And, and should we be basing our strategy on, on what is effectively a dictatorship? Tom, we're in amazing times. Um, we have the CIA not believing the Chinese and the President of America probably not believing the CIA. So <laughs> <laughs> all our certainties ha have been ripped up indeed. Tom, pleasure as always to uh, 
to talk to you. And I think you're right. We do need to challenge group thinking. Anything we can do on this show uh, and this uh, station to keep healthy debate going. And thank you. You make a great contribution to that. Thank you very much. That's uh, Tom Malloy joining us on the line uh, with his view of the world and the way it is. Well, um, a sector that has seen its entire world turned upside down in the last couple of weeks is the tourism and hospitality sector. Uh, I'm joined on the line by Paul Keeley, who's the Regional Development Director for Falcha Ireland, uh, covers Kilkenny, Carlow and, and much of this side of the country. Paul, um, it's been an absolutely unbelievable uh, number of weeks. Nothing could have prepared the tourism sector for this. Uh, good morning, John. Um, no, I mean, look, um, you just couldn't overstate the extent of the crisis. I mean, I've been chatting to people who have been around the industry a long time, and I don't think anybody has seen a, a crisis like this. Uh, and, I, and I think it's the speed with which it came upon everybody uh, you know, has had a, a, a brutality about it, almost in terms of uh, businesses not having an opportunity to, to gear up for it. Uh, so certainly from our perspective, uh, you know, massive catastrophic impact uh, uh, on the sector um, you know, at this stage uh, you know tourism is essentially shut down um, you know, all attractions all activity providers pubs restaurants hotels uh, by and large closed unless they're providing um, support to the health service etc um, so effectively uh, you know it's 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 a massive uh, sector from from an economic perspective. It's 7.5 billion in revenues, and of that, about 23 cents in every euro spent goes to the exchequer. So it's about mm. 1.7 exposed to the exchequer. So a massive, massive challenge in terms of both economic impact and at a human level. Uh, we reckon probably this stage has probably impacted over 200,000 staff in the sector. Extraordinary. A number of phases to Falch Ireland's response. I suppose the first one is dealing with the immediate impact. Just tell us briefly what you're doing in relation to that. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, look, we have um, we've been reaching out directly to businesses. So in the last uh, three weeks or so, we've been chatting with over two thousand businesses directly, really trying to get a handle on. Uh, how the crisis is impacting them in terms of their day-to-day -day operations. And so we've kind of three phases. The first of those phases was really to help people through the shutdown and staff protection phase. So we've been working with people in terms of offering uh, practical advice in terms of how to uh, effectively shut your business down with a view to opening again as quickly as possible, uh, dealing off a lot of the HR issues around redundancy, staff retention, and, of course, a number of government uh, subsidy schemes which have been made available. Uh, and, again, trying to work with industry uh, to tease out uh, any queries in relation to that. Uh, we've also been working with them in terms of uh, you know, helping them with their uh, advice around cancellations management and trying to do that in a way which manages uh, consumer loyalty and uh, and manages future revenues as best we can. And I suppose the, the fourth element of that is government has brought through some uh, access to, to microfinance, uh, to, uh, to uh, working capital and uh, a credit guarantee scheme. Uh, so again, depending on the size of business, uh, different schemes are relevant to businesses, and we've been trying to bas basically help the industry navigate the many schemes and uh, identify how best they can uh, go for the right one for, for, the, for their business. So that's okay. what we've been about in phase one, which is really just making sure that uh, we get businesses shut down in as uh, pragmatic a way as possible and protect staff, which are the, the lifeblood of the industry. 
Okay, uh, you're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on Casey Lawrence, just 20 past nine. I'm John Purcell. Uh, I'm talking to Paul Keeley, who's the Regional uh, Development Director with Falcha Ireland. We're going to take a break. It's just uh, 21 minutes past nine. Coming back, I'll be talking to Paul about what is in the future for the tourism and hospitality sector. Don't go away. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. You're very welcome back. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. I'm John Purcell with you until 10 o'clock. It's just 22 minutes uh, past nine. I'm talking to Paul Keeley, who's the Regional Development Director from Falch Ireland. Just before I go back to Paul, nice text in um, from a listener who says, thanks be to God in heaven for KCLR and thank all the staff in the radio for keeping lots of people going at this moment, uh, especially the older people who, as we know, are cocooned. And also a special shout out to John Walsh. And it was an extra bonus having him on air this morning. And so say all of us. Paul, we were talking about uh, before uh, the break about uh, the shutdown, but we have to start moving uh, towards the future, uncertain as it is. Um, I know you and your team, you're working with, I think, in the region of two and a half thousand businesses across this region. Um, what are you moving towards, like, for the future? How are you helping businesses through this? Yeah, look, thanks, John. I mean, I, I think we started by obviously talking about uh, it being the worst of times and the extent of the crisis, but I, I mean, the encouraging thing, equally, I think is what's been fantastic is is that real Team Ireland approach to this and that, that sense of solidarity, I think, among all of the stakeholders. So whilst we've been dealing directly with about 2,500 businesses, we're working directly with the trade associations, with, uh, with our own parent department, with other government departments, etc., to really start to look at uh, how we move forward now as a collective. And so I suppose the phase two thinking for us really is in that kind of survival and preparing for recovery mode. So in the past week now, we've started putting out supports for businesses, which have been about kind of keeping your brand alive through the shutdown period. So, you know, tidying up your databases, you know, managing your communications, both to your consumers and, uh, and, and to uh, your business partners starting to look at those um, uh, longer-term cash flow issues, you know, so dealing with Insurance Ireland around insurance policies and seeing how we can uh, work with the industry in that regard, uh, working with local authorities on rates, um, and also then starting to turn our attention to the staff, uh, you know, and looking at delivering some uh, uh, online learning opportunities for staff who, whilst they're on the payroll, their businesses are shut. So, again, I think using this uh, shutdown opportunity to uh, start to uh, get additional training uh, for, for frontline tourism staff. And as I say, then really starting to turn our attention to those longer term working capital issues, uh, helping businesses gear up for their conversations with the banks so that when uh, when they, they we see a light at the end of the tunnel and, and, and we're open for business again, uh, that businesses are sufficiently capitalized uh, to, uh, I suppose, get active again in the marketplace. And uh, our third phase of action really will be an Ireland relaunch. Uh, and what we're talking about there, I suppose, is a significant uh, step up, first and foremost, in our domestic marketing activity, because we think the domestic market will be the first to recover. Um, uh, you know, we'll then look at the overseas markets, and again, we'll work with our colleagues uh, in sister agencies like Tourism Ireland in that regard. Uh, obviously, not entirely in our control as to which markets will come on stream first, 
uh, what will happen with airlines and flights and so on. But basically across all of our key markets, uh, domestic, international, and also on the business tourism area, we'll be starting to kickstart significant activities which uh, will allow uh, industry to engage and come in behind and hopefully get the economy rolling again. But I think I would caution that uh, it's likely to be a long and slow recovery rather than flick a switch and we'll be back to normal. Yeah, because it's an industry uh, that's impossible to flick a switch on and social distancing and tourism and hospitality, not good bedfellows. No, I mean, look, I think, uh, you know, whilst the economic crisis has come to the foreground now, it is first and foremost uh, a public health issue. And I think social distancing and and hospitality are probably not uh, good bedfellows. So from our perspective, uh, you know, there are unknowns. uh, And I, I think we'll have to wait and see. Uh, at what stage uh, we're, we're in a position to go live again, and obviously under, under those circumstances, uh, what the uh, recommendations will be around social distancing, etc. But look, the long-term prognosis for tourism, uh, tourism growth is good, uh, and I have no doubt about that working again as a collective uh, you know, industry uh, and government together, uh, I have no doubt that we can position ourselves for the longer-term future. Um, and look, what I would say equally, John, is, is uh, I'm conscious that there is a lot, a lot of support out there for, for tourism businesses and indeed others. And I'd recommend anybody who's in the tourism sector, hospitality sector, indeed wider sectors, uh, uh has a vast amount of uh, content and supports their practical advice for businesses, etc., uh, delivered in really bite-sized chunks. So again, if people have an opportunity, well worth a look, just get to the, the, the business support hub section there. And uh, as I say, I think lots of valuable content for businesses. Absolutely, Paul. And I had a look around that uh, myself uh, during the week and an amazing amount of resources. So good to hear you talking about people dusting, dusting themselves down, looking to the future. And even though times are so tough, looking forward with pragmatism and uh, determination. And that's an industry that's always exhibited that, the tourism and hospitality industry. That was Paul Keeley, who's the Regional Development Director with Falcha Ireland. Thank you, uh, Paul. Now we're going to move on. Paul was talking about training and using the time uh, at the moment for equipping yourself for the future. I'm joined on the line by Lorraine Bowen, who's from the Entrepreneurs Academy, who over the last 21 years have been working with people growing businesses, starting businesses, developing businesses, scaling businesses, uh, and so on. And uh, Lorraine, um, you've had to uh, retool your business, I suppose, as well uh, to cater for the future. And you're um, offering courses through local enterprise offices to help businesses do, do just that as well. Tell us about that. Hi, John. Yes, we are actually. Um, I suppose if we if we look at what um, what businesses um, need to be doing at the moment, it is is looking at how how they can how they can operate. Is there any way they can? And as you say, we've been um, we've been developing entrepreneurs and small business for the past twenty one years, but we've been doing that in in um, classroom situations. So, like three weeks ago, ten um, percent of our um, of our uh, training supports were online, and now it's one hundred percent. So we've had the ultimate pivot in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks, and um, that was in a reaction to, I suppose. I mean, we've spent twenty one years worked with over forty thousand people to help them get started in business, um, and we just couldn't sit by and watch small business suffer when we knew that we had the skills to be able to help them um, help, help them move their business forward, you know, get, you know do tra- to trade now and to prepare for the future. 
So um, we, the, the programme I think that um, you may be referring to was um, instigated actually by a conversation we had with a very good client of ours, uh, Kieran Comerford, in uh, the local enterprise office in Carlow. So Kieran reached out to us uh, just to, to explore ideas around what we might be able to do. So we have developed a programme called Leading Your Business um, Through COVID-19. And um, it's been phenomenally successful. Um, it's a five-module programme that takes uh, small business owners on a journey um, from, I suppose, a, a paralysed state of not knowing where to, where to go and feeling completely out of control. Entrepreneurs, you know, often, and small business owners often embark on an entrepreneurial or, a small, you know, become entrepreneurs because they like to take control of their of their future and to use the skills and passions that they have to create something. Um, and, and people felt very disempowered was what we were hearing. So um, I suppose that the first workshop that we have in this five-module program, which is delivered in virtual classrooms, um, is, is all about control. It's about understanding what you do control, what you don't control, and taking control and taking action in the areas where you do have control. Um, and it's important, and Lorraine, for people to realise that if they do feel help, helpless, they do feel paralysed with fear, I suppose, in running their business, mm-hmm. that they're not unusual and they're not alone. Absolutely. The one word I've heard more than I've heard any other word in the last few weeks is the word isolation. Um, so people, people are feeling it's, 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 it's almost like people feel right back. It's, it's, it's what we hear when people start, uh, go to start a business. It's, it's, um, they feel isolated, disconnected and, and kind of they don't, they, you know, they don't have the confidence, the confidence and the isolation. Um, and, and we're hearing that again. Even these, you know, many of the people we're working with are seasoned business owners. They've had successful business and those businesses have been successful up until, you know, this hit. And they can be successful again. It's just about, it, it, the rug has been pulled. And uh, for us, it's really just about, I suppose, helping them to, to you know, to, to be able to, to, just to equip them in, in uh, first of all, in I suppose their thinking um, around how they approach um, what they need to approach. Because it's, look, it's, it's an enormous task. We're not absolutely not, uh, on, you know, um, mm. you know, not saying it's it's not difficult, but it's possible. It's possible. To, yeah, to and do, there are businesses we've talked about. Uh, two businesses this morning on the program. One uh, who were into printing and internet solutions, who are now printing. Um, components for face masks for use in in medical settings but it is possible Mm -hmm. to pivot Uh, and your workshops are helping people go through that sort of process of 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 teasing through the issues and identifying opportunities if that's not an alien word yeah, I mean, so it's, so because it's got the five modules, I suppose it starts off working with, the, you know, the control piece. We have to talk about finance because it is what, you know, the most urgent thing. You can't do anything if you're paralyzed by, you know, your cash flow concerns. So we do, we follow straight away. It's, it, this is a two and a half week program, so it's intensive. So two sessions a week over two and a half weeks. And, um, the, we talk about the financial side of things, you know, we help with uh, financial scenario planning and cash flow and, and, and looking at what supports are there. But then we go straight into, I suppose, the creative piece, which is, you know, looking for solution, looking for ideas. How do you pivot around your, um, how do you pivot around your business model, around your products or services? Um, so it's how to diversify, innovate. And I have to say, the Carlo Kilkenny area is a hotbed of creative, um, the, the, of the creative industry. You know, there's a lot of, uh, very, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, cre- creative businesses there, um, uh, but all business needs to embrace creativity at the moment and to and to uh, look look for the creative solutions around what they can do. Um, we, we we move through the program then into making hard decisions and staying focused on, pri- on priorities. 
Um, and then the last piece is that very important piece as well, which is all around building the strength of the business online. So, you know, increasing your ability to be able to trade online, to sell online um, and, and uh, you know, and, and looking at the tech solutions around your business. So even if your business can't open its doors now, when it can open, that's really strong and that it's future proofing. Yeah, and local businesses using the internet like never before, probably, but also important to stress the mixture between using the internet and keeping it locally. I heard one of our own um, local businesses, Sean Swan, this morning talking about how, you know, he's adapting, he's an electrical uh, retailer, the shop is closed, people can phone up, um, they can look at his website, uh, but also he can deliver, and he's saying he's faster than uh, faster than the internet. Um, so lots of uh, innovation going on. Lorraine, uh, you, th- this course is also available to people in Kilkenny. It's ongoing in Carlow, but uh, Kilkenny Local Enterprise Board uh, doing it as well. Absolutely. And and this is something, I mean, we've worked with um, the Local Enterprise Office in Carlow and in Kilkenny over the last um, God, years. And uh, they're very collaborative. And we find that the two counties are extremely collaborative together and, and no less so in this programme. So at the moment, there's a program um, running that has, um, and it's, it's uh, you know, you can book in through, well, it's booked at the moment through Carlow. Um, and there's there's uh, participants from both Kilkenny and Carlow on it. And actually, if I could give a shout out on at 11 o'clock next Monday, um, you can book in through Carlow for a virtual coffee break. We've been running them on behalf of the local enterprise offices around the country for the past week or so. Um, and it's really about, we said the word isolation earlier on. It's about yeah. reconnecting uh, small business owners with each other. And what we do is we put them into breakout rooms and into groups of three or four, and they can just talk to each other about the issues they have, and they can um, you know, challenge and support each other. And we find that people, when you put them together, they can come up with solutions and they can come up with collaborations that they may be, you know, you can't, can't do everything on your own, you know. Uh, so that coffee break is on Monday, and that's open to Carlo and Kilkenny businesses um, uh, to register through Carlo's local enterprise office. But also, on the 16th of April, there is a new pro- one of these programs is um, going to start as well in Kilkenny, and that also is open to Carlo and Kilkenny uh, participants to come on board. Um, and that that so you can book that through the local enterprise office um, uh, in Kilkenny, and Catherine Hennessy has been fast- fantastic there um, in in getting that up and running. And okay. there would be another coffee break that's hosted by Kilkenny. So booking through the uh, sorry through the Kilkenny um, local enterprise office on the twenty first of April at eleven a.m. So lots going okay. on in the area. Plug into your local enterprise office. They have a lot of supports available. Whether it's Carlo, whether it's Kilkenny, there there you know it, it is the first place to go to start your conversation around where you get support. Okay, Lorraine, thanks very much. That's Lorraine Bone of the Entrepreneurs Academy uh, talking to us about the supports that she's providing and the networking uh, through virtual coffee breaks, etc. So check out your local enterprise office in Carlow and Kilkenny. Good starting point, as Lorraine says. We're going to take a break, but coming back, uh, we'll be talking to Nikki Hoyne, Mag Curran and lots more. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie It's uh, just 21 minutes to 10 o'clock. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business. And great to 
hear those local businesses, Glambia, Centra and so on, uh, keeping going through these times. And it's only right that we give a shout out to all the people on the front line, whether they be on checkouts, whether they be delivery drivers or, of course, whether they be on the absolute front line in our hospitals and surgeries and uh, health and medical facilities around uh, Carlo Kilkenny and indeed Ireland. Great job being done by all and fly the flag and show that you support these people. Now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Nikki Hoyne. Nikki, of course, with me over a number of weeks, was presenting Talking Shop and Nikki... um, I was really enjoying doing that, and bang, along comes coronavirus and brought us to a halt. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good morning. Gosh, it's unprecedented times, isn't it? I'm fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> having to be yeah, I mean, in we, a few days, but I'm grand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we recorded a number of them in advance, and then there was like yeah. this meteorite hit. And listening yeah. back to the third episode, it was just like it was in a different world and a I different know, planet. So we just said we hit the pause button. Yeah, no, I think I think we will get back there and, you know, everything will change. But I think it's important that we all support each other through this and kind of come together and and just get through it and put our, you know, it's unprecedented. And it's, you know, it's like... It's just mad. Who would have even, you could never have, you know, that day we met and I had come back from Milan. So I was like, I'm not going to shake your hand now. And it was a bit like, oh, I'm being ridiculous. But how yeah. things changed so quickly. Um, but, you know, like, I just think for me, I'm just trying to stick to my routine. I think that's the one thing I found trying to stay. It's like, it's such an uncontrollable circumstance, but I'm just trying to stay in control and kind of, I'm trying to be there for for other people like I talk to all my business friends and you know and it's like what can I do and whether they're up whether they're trading or not we're all having a chat and being there for each other and kind of you can you know it's, it's hard to kind of focus but this is a time where you could you know make some plans and try and 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 kind of think of ideas or even just be supportive I myself the other day sat down and went on Facebook and was rating and reviewing and going into websites and rating products. And, you know, like Emma that we had on um, from Airbrushed. I went into her her website and was like, you know, did a review and rating. I've used the services. It's excellent. And it's that kind of trying to do something small for people. Buying vouchers, you know, shopping, ordering takeaway from the restaurant. Just trying to support people because I think if we can keep if we can, if we can, if we can keep, you know, what we can do as, you know, the normal stuff as much as possible, I think when we get back to things, at least there'll be people who've done, you know, we're doing something. And then when we get back to work, we can all just keep things going. Um, yeah, and, it's very and important to try economy. and adapt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can try and, if you can shop and you can spend money, that you can try a little bit and do that in order to keep the businesses that are out there, you know, to keep them going so that when we get back to normal, they're still there and they haven't, they haven't had to completely close altogether. Um, yeah. It's, and what, it's tell me, Nikki, um, for but, yeah. your, your, bus- your business um, is uh, My Shining Armour. Um, yeah. How has how online been affected? Because, of course, behind every online retailer is a warehouse uh, with people there what's the story with all the re- restrictions and so on about how's your business been impacted 
So very fortunately, my warehouse, I two years kind of tried to streamline things. And, you know, I would hear like from, from my dad and stuff, you know, and I'm talking to people like, you know, the economy every 10 years it resets. So I had this thing in my head that how do I recession proof my business and how do I kind of streamline it so that if something goes wrong, like, these, you know, it was great the hot, we were all living the high life and great days. And my shining armor is like product. And, you know, it's not about, it's not price. It's about amazing quality. You're spending a little bit more, whether it's on a notebook or a handbag or whatever it is. And that's not exactly an essential item. So mm. um, I kind of looked at my warehouse. So I, I, um, I set it all up in Dublin in a fulfillment company. And they work with tons of companies, some of which are essential services. So the warehouse has been open. Um, and they've been taking every necessary precaution, and they're still going, which is fantastic. But you know, it's it's um, you don't really know what's going on. It is uncertain. Like sales were okay, and there was a boost last weekend. There was a big push on kind of online and stuff, which was fantastic. But you know, it, it, we're trading, and the guys are doing a fantastic job. But at the same time, like who knows what's going to happen? And I, I'm fortunate in that I, re- I I did what I could to take those heavy costs out of the business. And you still can, you know, it's, it's still mm. very possible to look at what you're doing and where can you make, you know, there's things that there's, there's the bills aren't coming in at the moment and the sales aren't coming in and how do they level each other out and how can you kind of just tighten things up and make sure that you can get through it. So I think it's just being efficient and flexible, really. Yeah, Nikki, so I'm looking forward shopping, to what's getting... Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to us getting back on the horse, so to speak, with Talking Shop. Uh, good to hear you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That's Nikki Hoyne. Yeah, my co-host um, on Talking Shop, which has kind of been put into a COVID uh, deep freeze, and we're going to start defrosting it uh, pretty soon. Just a text in for from a listener. We're talking about isolation um, and, and the mental challenges, but a listener reminding people to shine a light in your window next Saturday, which is Easter Saturday night, for all frontline workers and anyone who is sick. Important to keep solidarity going. I'm joined on the line by Mag Kerwin of Goatsbridge, who, who was on our last Talking Shop uh, panel. Mag, how are you, and how's everyone in Goatsbridge? Morning, uh, John. I'm very well from a sunny Goatsbridge. <laughs> looking out, <laughs> the, the sun is shining today, so I suppose, look, it's not all bad, not all doom and gloom. You know, and I was just thinking back to that programme a few weeks ago and, and the interviews, and, you know, one thing you asked me at that stage, you asked me, like, what was the best bit of advice I could give to somebody? And, and at the time, I said, there's a guy called Blaze Brosnan told me one time, not to stress the stuff you can't control. And I suppose that has become very, very important in the last couple of weeks, certainly here in Goldsbridge uh, and Shree, yeah. you know, everywhere else, yeah. Yep. So, so what you can control is washing your hands, maintaining social distance Absolutely. and, and you know, following the rules. But basically, you can't yeah. really control Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. <laughs> Maybe the, maybe the, the virus we control virus Johnson. Yeah, but business yeah, goes on, Mike. How, how are you? Um, how are you adapting to the changed circumstances? Yeah, you know, I suppose we're doing a number of things. First of all, coming to, to the reality of what has actually happened to our business, because what people don't realise, even businesses like ours in the food in the world of food, we have been impacted pretty pretty strongly in the last uh, couple of weeks. Especially this week, we see for, for the first time really impacting. Um, and because overnight we lost all of our food service customers, and that would account for approximately 30 to 40 percent of our business. So coming, coming, I suppose, um, I, I, so it's tackling that anyway. Because 
you know, um, for us as a company, we produce our own live raw material. So it's very important for us now to plan very carefully over the coming months, summer months coming into play, warmer temperatures. We will have uh, more fish in the, in the water than we would have expected to have in relation to our production plan. So that is something mm. that is seriously concerning us. Um, and I know Jerry and the lads are working very hard to see what they can do to, to, to negate, you know, to reduce that. We'll have to do things like, you know, extra aeration, um, pumping, um, try to, you know, um, take, I suppose, some level of fish out of the water. Um, and, and, and just, you know, uh, I suppose put them, you know, maybe smoke them and put them in the freezer. Um, you know, but then what you're doing there, in that case, is you're, you're putting money into cash. And something else that has been spoken about earlier today in, on the programme, you know, is looking after um, the cash and keeping remaining liquid. You know, so, so that's, that's one thing. Um, you know, and we still have, I suppose, the same overhead. And, and that's a struggle, you know. And, but, but I wouldn't complain because unlike the majority of businesses, we are still in business. We have had great support from our staff um, who've worked tirelessly in the last couple of weeks. We've done everything we need to do in relation to, you know, keeping everybody, um, I suppose, safe and well. You know, we have a duty of care to our employees. We have a duty of care to, to everybody who works for us and to all our customers. We have a duty of care to keep the food chain um, going and supplying the food chain. And um, We do a lot of business in the UK, and, and, you know, my heart goes out to my colleagues in the UK because unlike Goldbridge, we continue to trade with our retailers, and that, that, that business has been impacted somewhat because of, you know, I suppose, people are they're buying, um, I suppose, uh, they're, they're buying trends are different now. People are tend to buy what they call, you know, the essentials, a lot of frozen food. Um, I was talking to the Ali Bar yesterday, and their fresh fish sales are very, very poor. And so we find that even though we continue to work with the retailers in Ireland, it's impacted somewhat also. But in the UK, Both. what did yes, yeah, yeah. yeah go on. In, in the UK, it's it's somewhat different because so we I, I won't complain because in the UK, what they did was over the last couple of weeks they've shut down the fresh fish counters, the fresh meat counters, and the fresh bakery counters in order to to um, um, I suppose make room in the in the warehouses to bring the essentials through and also to I suppose release staff to work on the floor to try to keep everything going. So so some of my colleagues over in the UK have lost all their business. Oh my you know, god! So yeah. Yeah, that's very tough Mag unfortunately we have to leave it there we will check in with you again over the coming weeks and we have some unffinished business in our talking shop feature and I look forward to catching up with you no uh, problem, Nikki John. and that's Julian um, in the coming weeks that's Mag Kerwin of Goatsbridge uh, trout farm it's just uh, coming up to 10 minutes to 10 o'clock John Purcell with you on the bottom line coming up we're going to be talking to Brian O'Farrell from Carlo Chamber. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. KCLR, the heart of two counties indeed. And if you want to keep up to date uh, with everything that's going on on KCLR, do stay tuned, but also log on to our website, kclr96fm.com. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a wealth of stuff there. And speaking of uh, Facebook, tonight at 9 o'clock, I think it is, let me check, yes, tonight at 9, Pete Fagan um, with KCLR and himself adapting to the new reality. Pete is going to cheer you all up and he's doing a special uh, Facebook Live event because KCLR are adapting and the live music industry are adapting and that's the way to keep going forward. Brian O'Farrell is Chief Executive of Carlow Chamber of Commerce. He joins me on the line for a quick quick roundup of everything that's going on. Brian, tough time for business, but 
but there are businesses still going, people dusting themselves off and just digging in and dragging on, and Carlo Chamber, the same as everyone else. There is, um, you know, and I, I suppose I've started using the term operating rather than open when we're talking about businesses now, yeah. because, you know, there's so many businesses, they're operating away in the background, you know, behind closed doors or in a lot of cases remotely. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of AK Graphics, Aptus Broadband too. Without them, you know, I, I know I'd be in trouble to keep me connected here at home and a, a lot of people all over the southeast. Uh, Barrow training and then you've got others like the Village Dairy who've actually developed new I suppose ways of doing business they joined up with Sunshine Juices uh, Ballon Free Range Eggs and a couple of others to bring a range of products to your door so if you want you can order award winning Jersey Milk Sunshine Juice and Ballon Eggs straight to your door from the Village Dairy Mm. Yeah and very important that that we yeah, very important that uh, the business community and representative organisations like the Chamber keep your finger on the pulse. And and you're carrying out a survey at the moment. You know, it would seem like a strange time to carry out a survey when people are scrambling for survival. But very important uh, to gather insights at this time across Carlo and Kilkenny. It is as vital because, you know, there's so many different things happening. And uh, while the effects are affecting everybody right across the country, it will affect different businesses in different ways. We carried out um, a very similar survey just about two weeks ago, and so we've got a kind of benchmark, and we want to take the temperature now again and see where we're at. You know, the last survey showed cash flow, revenue, temporary closing, and staffing were of immediate concerns. And then, of course, we've had the announcement from the Taoiseach there Friday last week, so that would have changed things again. We want to see where they're at, but we want to see how businesses are, because it's important that if uh, businesses uh, can that they do to pay, um, you know, their creditors and that as well, because we need to keep the circulation of the economy. Um, you know, same, the Chamber Network, we're calling on government to ensure the state agencies pay their uh, bills timely as well to businesses to make sure that they have sufficient cash flow. Um, but also we want to see what way things have adjusted in relation to staffing and get that feedback directly from businesses. Um, mm. right across, and this is nationwide, so the last survey we had, over 1,100 uh, responses. Um, so now we're looking for, I suppose, to achieve that or a bit more again. Uh, the survey is open. You can go on to carlochamber.com and it'll close on Monday morning. Okay, Brian, we've got less than a minute left. Can you give me your key message that you want to get across to people in business and indeed customers of business in these extraordinary times from a, a Chamber of Commerce point of view, not just in Carlo, but throughout the country and in Kilkenny and all across this region? I think the big thing is continue to support local. It highlights the importance of having local businesses. And it also shows that there's so much innovation in the businesses there. We've seen a lot of businesses now turn around and start new supply lines to support, um, you know, the frontline workers and that as well. Uh, And it's great to see that. It shows how everybody can work together. Um, you know, and it's unfortunately it takes a crisis in some cases to bring so many different sides together, but it's great to see what it can do. Um, and we know that we can continue to work together and uh, come through this, and that's the important thing out of it. 
Okay, Brian. Well, thanks very much. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, Brian O'Farrell from Carlow Chamber there. And just on that thing about communities supporting each other, there are two helplines if you need support. One for Carlow on 1-800-814-300. That's 1-800-814-300. And in Kilkenny on 1-800-500-000. And you'll get those numbers on the KCLR website and we've got them available at reception as well but uh, you get access you'll be pointed in the right direction whether it's collecting your shopping or collecting money or whatever if you're stuck in the house or you need uh, support do contact those numbers thanks for listening folks that's all we've got time for on the bottom line this morning to all our guests tom malloy paul keely lorraine bowen nikki hoyne mag Kerwin, and brian o'farrell stay tuned to kclr for news communication information and entertainment and we're here throughout this crisis to provide you with company companionship and information you can listen back to the podcast of this program on itunes or wherever you get your podcast don't forget to follow us across facebook twitter and instagram and you can email this program on the bottom line at kclr96fm.com thanks to deirdre drummy who produced and john walsh back in base driving the desk i'm john purcell stay safe we'll talk to you next saturday and until then have a good week KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie